Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, today we celebrate the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Hi, Master Sizers! Hi, Kelly! How is everyone today? Fantastic! Hey, don't worry about it, bird lady. Just get my tour group together and we're headed on out of here. Here we go. And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 530. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, our WW Radio community, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I think part of the Walt Disney World vacation experience is bringing something tangible home with us to help memorialize or remember our trip, as well as bringing home gifts for friends and family. And shopping at Walt Disney World has become truly experiential as stores are filled with treasure troves of unique merchandise, wonderful stories, details, and opportunities. And this week, we're going to look at our top 10 shopping experiences in Walt Disney World and share some tips to get the most out of your shopping time and dollars. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more information about our upcoming Meet of the Month, our WW Radio e-ticket event weekend September 21st through the 23rd. More information, your voicemails, and more... So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Walt Disney World is obviously more than just a collection of rides and shows, and yes, dare I say, even restaurants. It's about experiences. And it's where memories are created, shared, brought home with us, and fondly remembered. And one of the ways we do bring them home, literally, is through the souvenirs we collect during our visit. And they may be from a favorite attraction, or a park, or represent a a character we hold dear to us, is part of an ongoing and growing collection, or maybe it's a way to begin a new collection for yourself. And over the years... The shopping options and experiences in Walt Disney World have not only increased as the parks and resorts have grown in number, but the type and the theming and yeah, even the quality has expanded as well. And today, shops are more than just things you go through as you exit an attraction. They are instead destinations, dare I say attractions in their own right, and yes, sometimes even full-blown experiences. So today, we're going to look at our top 10 shopping experiences in Walt Disney World and maybe share a few tips on how to get the most of your shopping time and dollar. 
And joining me is a man who is a treasure himself. You just want to take him home and display him on your shelf like a little poo plush. If they sold him in the parks, he would fly off the shelves faster than rose gold ears wrapped up in a spirit jersey holding... You get the idea. He is, of course, Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine. Welcome, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you. I didn't want to go down that, that I, rabbit hole too, too far. but yeah, I, You're scared. I'm starting to wonder if there's like a, a, a shrine thing in a closet going on. <laughs> there's a house. little bit. There's a little bit of a shrine All to right. Tim with you candles and stuff. in my basement. It's great. I don't know what's going on in your house. That's why when I do my live show, I only face the camera one way. You don't want to see what is on the opposite side. That's why I don't turn the video on. Yeah, smart move. Um, but I think this is, and in all the years we've done this, we really haven't touched on this specifically. Because for me, Tim, as I get older, I believe more in collecting memories more than collecting thin mm -hmm. things. I mean, I am a collector um i have a ton of spider-man stuff um and a ton and a half of walt disney world ephemera and literally a hundred items from from hundreds of visits in yikes nearly 50 years of of going to the parks and some of which i'm gonna need to purge on ebay soon so stay tuned but i i still love some of those not only unique merchandise items but simply visiting the stores and obviously now my experience is different as a local but as somebody who still comes to walt disney world once twice three times a year what what is your shopping experience like i don't mean just for the celebrations magazine but i mean for you tim foster disney fan and aficionado well in my over 50 years of uh visiting disney World, you whippersnapper <laughs> jerk um now, I was going through this list. I never realized most of mine are uh, shopping memories uh, are of a nostalgic nature, more or less. So, so I'm not uh, I'm not a collector so much as you are. Like if you uh, took a live shot of the room I'm in right now, there's uh, all right. There's a lot of Disney stuff in here, but there's not quite as much as I know that's in your house. So uh, shopping to me was always more about. Uh, not really getting that souvenir, that's something special, but um, just another way of experiencing Disney, period, through um, through what we're going to get into, like the different themings of the shops and the unique things you can discover there. And and you'll see, I kind of geared towards, you know, the more artsy things and books and things like that. So that, that, that's where I'll end up most of the time on my list. But, but to me, it is more about the experience than getting that you know getting something particular to take home so when you go and visit is there, there there's not that oh i need to get a, a pin to remember this trip or a christmas ornament or something to that nature no actually we used to do the uh, get a christmas ornament every year tradition which i forget why we stopped doing that but uh uh, that's as close as, as we came to doing that. Now, I, I, I will say some of this is going to touch on, I'm sure some of yours will touch on too, is uh, the, the experiences uh, we have with our children when they're shopping and they are going to get that treasured souvenir to remember the trip by or collect as many things as they can and so forth. And, uh, and that's part of it too, but that's more of, a, as we talked about so many times before, seeing Disney 
to our children's eyes and giving it that unique perspective. And, and shopping's definitely a different experience for you know, both our, all of our kids versus ourselves. So it's, it's, it, it is neat to see them go in the store. It's not to see them, not need to see them melt down and go, I need to have this right now. That's <laughs> not that so much, that but never happens. <laughs> they're, they're picking a gift uh, uh, or finding a souvenir that they really, you really can tell is striking them and is that they're going to treasure this forever. And, um, and to them, it's a souvenir to hold on to, to me, that's a memory I'm going to treasure. For right. So there's going to be a lot of that in this list too. So, yeah. And, and I will certainly touch on that too. And I also look at the shops from a, a bit of a different perspective because like everything they're they're rooted in story. There's so many details in the shops. Yeah. And like, I know when I was doing the audio tours, I, I spent a great deal of time in the shops because part of the goal from the tours was to introduce people to some of those stories and details that they might not have looked at otherwise. A lot of times, you know, you go into the shop for a specific purpose or you're wandering through, or yes, it's at the end of an attraction and there are stories and details hiding in plain sight. And I wanted to really bring that to people's attention. So it did enhance their enjoyment and appreciation of those. Uh, and I think Magic Kingdom does, does a very good good job and we'll get into a few of my, my favorites there. Uh, and now there are still are stores that I enjoy from a personal perspective, walking through, wandering through over and over again, sometimes just to window shop or browse, maybe grab a snack. Who am I kidding? <laughs> and, and sometimes, yes, even look for, you know, additional merchandise when I go. So um, I, I want to let you go first, although I'm afraid I, I have a couple that oh, are no. just, they're, they're, they're my, my, <laughs> Heart is beating out of my chest to get to them, but you are my friend and you are my guest. Well, and I'm oh so incredibly curious, as always, as to where you go because we don't talk about this first. So I'm going to sit back, relax as I go with you here. Now, I admittedly don't go shopping that much. So there's only three You don't things go shopping. List, you don't so. go eating at Disney. I don't, I don't even know what you do when you go there, but go ahead. I, you know, there's these things called, and you call them right, things called attractions you can go on. You That's know? what you do. You just do those in between eating just so you have something uh, to do. Uh, to you, they're the, uh, the to, all right, to you, they're the uh, way to occupy yourself between feedings. But <laughs> some of us, feedings. they are the, the mean they are the end. They are not the means to the end. Like, you know, so. Uh, so, yeah, we, so take us with you first uh, to your first. Well, I'm going to go. This is one of the things I, I had was tricky going through this list is some of the You're things. You're so cute that, as you as you stutter to get to the first I, one. I, 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 I'm going to Japan. I'm saying no, it. I'm going to no. Japan. I knew you were going to. But it was tough because I was really debating putting this on the list. Not because this is absolutely number one on my list, and that's I can tell from your <laughs> knew I should have gone the hard reaction <laughs> that it's up there on yours too. But we have talked about this so many times before um, the Mitsukushi Department Store in Japan that um, I'm not really sure what new to bring to the table uh, as opposed to just rehashing. I think we just actually just talked about this and. Uh, uh, the architecture of 
Disney or some other th- some other top ten we just did. It seems to come up so often, but um, but as we said so often before, this this is by far my favorite shop in all of Disney. Um, but this and it goes right to the point, as I've said again before. This goes right to the point I was talking about. It's not only a really cool store full of amazing uh, things, everything from apparel and toys and food and uh there you mentioned a sake bar every time we bring this up which i've gone to but uh the kimonos the the oysters the the, uh, the the pearls it's such a neat store just from a perspective of immersing yourself in the culture of japan and learning all about it but also uh as far as the the anime and the manga and those kinds of things these are really connecting things to our personal lives and this is where uh, seeing it through the eyes of our children comes to play. Cause I know through, for my daughter, this is her favorite store as, as well. Um, she's already told us we're going in October. She said, uh, you're going to need to give me some personal time in Japan because I'm going <laughs> to need to hang out. So, uh, but, uh, it's, it, it connects in, in real life. These aren't, it's, it's, uh, it's a different thing from going through, uh, a, tra- a store at the end of an attraction and getting your stuffed uh, uh, piglet doll from Winnie the Pooh or something. Um, like my daughter goes, I go, I find things that connect back to our our real lives outside of Disney, like whether it's the anime or the or games or 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 food or whatever. But um, I was trying to think of what what I could say about the department store that we haven't really said before. Um, one, I don't know what it looks like now because it's every time I'm down there, they're re- redoing parts of it. So um, this will be fun next time I go down because I think it's all done by now or should be close to being done. Um, so I get to see the changes they got made. But um, I was trying to think of what my favorite section of this huge store is. And there's so many. Food's an obvious one to go to. The anime section is an obvious one to go to. But that there's this middle room near the kimonos, which again might have been shifted around since last time I was there. But this is where they sell the incense and the Buddha, uh, the boards where you can uh, brush with water on on uh, these uh, pieces of parchment that turn black. And um, uh, this is where you can buy the CDs or whatever whatever the kids listen to these days that have the, uh, the, the Japanese ambient music. And, and it, it's that room that really, I, I think, brings home to me the culture of Japan more than any of the other rooms so much. Because this is where I can see all the things I'm listening to, seeing the bonsai trees, everything else. These are all things that are going back hundreds, thousands of years and um, really connect, give me that connection to Japan through the store. Um, uh, so from that point of view, that's my favorite room. But but every room in there is amazing. And that's one of the great things about the stores. You could spend so much time and there's just so many different things to look at. It's $30,000 pearls. Oh, my. One day. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure you knew it was on my list. So I'm going to keep it short because I want to hear what you have to say about it because I know you've got a lot of thoughts about it. I didn't know it was on your list. No, I didn't know it was on your list, and and I'm happy that it was because it was, without question, the first place that I was going to. And and yes, we have spoken a lot about it, but I did want to bring, hopefully, something new to the table to maybe help understand 
what it is about this store that not only makes it unique, that makes it a destination and a true shopping experience, but I think what sets this store apart from others, and it, and it does have to do a little bit with the culture. So again, this is not just one of the largest stores in Epcot or Walt Disney World, but there's a long history behind the Mitsukoshi store. Like it goes back 300 years. Like this is not, you know, uh, you know, a, a new type of thing. This, this is one that has a very long and storied history and they're located throughout Asia. And although here in the States, we're starting to see the quote unquote department store going away. Like who would have ever thought places like, you know, Sears and, and Macy's and Nordstrom's would start to, to fade like, you know, a hero at the end of Avengers, spoiler alert. But in, in Asia, in Asia, these sort of all-in-one shopping destinations are, when I say all-in-one, they are not just places to shop, but a lot of them have restaurants and some have hotel facilities in them as well. So for example, in uh, Taiwan, the Taichung Shinkong Mitsukoshi department store is one of the largest retail facilities in the entire country. And in fact, all of Asia. There are 14 floors above ground and there's six more floors below ground. There's 22 elevators and they have a high speed one that travels up to like 200 miles an hour to like, and there's like 50 escalators. Like the store is massive. And from a relative perspective, so is the one in Epcot Center. You're right. It has continued to go through a recent refurbishment, which I love. It's much more cleaner and sleeker and modern, but still sort of warm and comfortable. I was thinking back to one of those first expansions in the mid 80s it was like 84 or 85. And then about 10 years ago, Mitsukoshi merged with the Aceton company. So now it's the Aceton Mitsukoshi. And you can find at the entrance to the store in Epcot a little bit of the history about it. Yeah. And you're right. There's a, a great um, uh, quirky, um, eclectic mix of pop culture items and Japanese gifts and souvenirs and kimonos. I mean, very items that are very, very unique and specific to that, um, the, the, the people and the culture. And you're right. There's Hello Kitty and there's anime and my son loves the Godzilla stuff. But I love the home goods and I love some of the accessories that um, speak to the, the the nation and the people of Japan. And you're right. It's sort of like multiple stores in one because although they're not sectioned off um, with with physical barriers in between, among the, the 50,000 plus items in the store, there are sort of different sections and it sort of leads you throughout the store. But Tim, for me, I think the reason why I love visiting the store so much, like Walt Disney World, it's not necessarily, like for Disney, part of the reason why I love this place so much and so passionately is not because of the things, but because of the people. And I feel that way about Mitsukoshi. It's part of the reason why I love Japanese culture so much. And when I visited Japan last year for a very brief period of time, and it's the reason why I'm so excited to go back with our adventures by Disney next year, is we talk about 
Disney in terms of, of service culture. And when I went to Japan, I saw that exponentially greater. And, and there's a name for it. It's called omotenashi, which means service with sincerity. And omote means public face, and it's sort of that face that you want to present to others. And nashi means nothing. So what it means is, and this is a very, you know, broad translation of it, that every service just sort of comes from the heart. There, There's no hiding. There's no pretending. This deeply ingrained, honest approach to service is very much a, a philosophy of the Japanese in terms of how customers are supposed to be treated in their place of business. So when you go to Japan or you go to the Japan Pavilion, you'll see the incredible amount of personal attentiveness to your experience. When I was in Japan, it's almost a sense of trying to anticipate what your needs are and then trying to um, um, give you the best experience possible. And And it's this desire to they strive to serve and understand what I mean by that. And it's a very unique experience when you visit the, the, the country itself, but the feeling is almost, and I think it translates well into Mitsukoshi is the, the cast members that work there, the people that work there want you to feel as though you are almost being welcomed into the home of a friend and what you experience during your time there is a reflection on them and the job that they have done. So this idea of taking such incredible pride and this anticipatory desire to try and fulfill your needs in advance is incredible. And I think this this feeling that they almost take your experience personally, like that's sort of the, the principle behind this Omotenashi experience. And it's what I love so much. And I think the next time you go, pay very close attention, not just to what is for sale, but for the people who are there. And like anything at Epcot, interacting with the cast members is part of the experience. I think even more so, it's so it's so much more pronounced and the service culture really comes through when you visit Mitsukoshi. I remember when uh, my daughter wanted to practice her Japanese, but she lost her nerve, but she got up to the counter, but... Hey, quick tip though: when you're back into food, when you're getting your food, when you're getting your pocky, or you're you're taking the um, gamble of let me buy a bag of something. I have no idea what it is. Go back to my video from 2009 of the little cracked crabs. Go get them. I'm telling you, they're they're yummy. You never know what you're gonna get. But the next time you and I go, Tim, we're making a video and we're gonna sample some foods. Yo, yeah, baby. We're going to do Is a meeting after them. the boathouse or before? Yeah, I, maybe I should. The boathouse will be after because I'm going to need to apologize. Um, we're going to do a meet of the month when you come next time. We're going to do a yeah. meet of the month in Japan. I'm yes. going to treat yes. everybody to a bunch of snacks and we're going to get you on camera eating them. I love I love it. I love it. I mean, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, quick tip, though, because I, I found that if you're, or you're getting your chopsticks or your your the kitcheny stuff in there, that's a very crowded register. Don't forget, people, you can go to any register in the store. So wander around and go to the next room. Nobody's ever in there. And get your Pocky. Go out and watch Illuminations. Little Pocky, no little Saki. That's a good night right there. Yeah, and hope no one's behind you videotaping. And have a great time. 
<laughs> so, yes. Now that was mine. Now what's your first one? Maybe well, good. I'm I'm going to make sure you don't steal this one because this one was a very close <laughs> second on my list, and it was almost surprising to me that it was because you know me. I'm sappy and weepy, and I'm nostalgic, yeah. and I'm always talking about you know going in in November 1971. But the next door on my list is actually a relatively recent addition, but it combines a lot of the reasons why I wanted to, to create this. It It is attraction specific. It is rooted in story. And the items that you can find there are unique to that shop, which is, I think, something that Disneyland uh, does very, very well. And Walt Disney World has definitely followed suit in recent years. And for me, I am a classic, uh, uh, you know, Magic Kingdom attraction fan and very, very high on my list of my all-time favorites. If not my favorite attraction is the Haunted Mansion. And so it goes without saying that Memento Mori yeah. was very high on my that list. That was off my list. It, it was bouncing between Mitsukoshi and here. <laughs> but so in terms of story, this was supposed to be you know, the, the earthly home of Madame Leota. And although she's disappeared a long time ago, when you go inside, you'll find a large portrait of her hanging on the walls in her corruptible mortal state. I, I love this, um, the Victorian era theming. And um, that phrase, memento mori, sort of was a Victorian phrase to remind people to live life to the fullest because we are all more mortal and corruptible. So obviously it's inspired by a gravestone that you'll find in, in the attraction. But even before we get to the merchandise inside, the cast members themselves are costumed differently than the cast members at the Haunted Mansion itself. So if you look, the costumes are actually slightly differently. And if you look, one of the things I love, and Disney, so smart, the, when the shop first opened, the female cast members had a uh, a brooch that was inspired by Madame Leota that um, they now create for sale. They made them for sale for everybody. And that brooch actually inspired some of the, there's a mirror on the wall and there's a frame on the wall. But it's it's a bit of, it's like a little curio shop of of oddities and and haunted mansion things, and obviously there's clothing and artwork and collectibles, and I love some of the the housewares and things like that. But I think one of the things that I, I love and is a is such a great takeaway is, and and it's and I think it's a great value for it. Is I think it's still around twenty dollars, but you can sort of go for like a little portrait sitting, and it's. They call it spirit photography. And yeah. what you get is your face in a ghostly lenticular portrait that transforms you into, you know, like one of the little happy haunts that inhabits the mansion. So if you look, and the reason why I like this, Tim, is because it is a uh, almost a reference or a tribute to... Um, a, a very early type of photography called daguerreotype, which put, sort of put the image on a um, like a polished silver or uh, like a silver surface, and they put it on sort of a, a, a copper substrate 
below that. And because the way they, obviously cameras very, very, you know, early on, they can sort of change the exposure time. So you can almost get a little bit of this, um, this ghosting or like a spirit like image to it. And those things that you get in Memento Mori are very much like those daguerreotype photos that you would have had when photography was in its infancy. Again, they're like eight by 10. Um, you don't need reservations. You can just walk in and do it. I think it's such a, a, a neat takeaway from a shop that has a wonderful story, an action, a connection to the attraction and wonderful merchandise that changes often as well. Uh, the, the, you know, whenever you go in, there's a good chance you'll find something a little bit uh, new and unique in Memento Mori. And if you stay in the shop long enough, you might even see some of those portraits on the wall go through a little bit of a spiritual transformation. Wait, whoa. Really? Really. Hmm. See, now I'm scared. Don't listen. We'll go. We'll get a little snack at the Columbia Harbor House, and then I'll take you in. I love, I love, love, love this shop. I can tell. I, I love you. You throwing some science at us there. Uh -huh. That's see that. Pretty, that's pretty cool. You, you Do you remember? Here's a question for you. Do you yes. remember what was sold in this shop, <laughs> like way, way, way back when? Jelly. Je Look at you. Dude, I am. I would give you a hug right now. I am so proud of you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they sold jelly. It was sponsored by Schmuckers. Schmuckers. There you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, that um, that I had that on my list, and again, we've talked about that so much too, and I know we talked about that in our wonderful buildings in Disney as one of them. Um, That'll bring me to that'll kind of point me in the direction of where I'm going next is because um, the one thing Memento Mori did, among other things, was provided the Haunted Mansion with a souvenir shop, which was one of the few attractions that didn't have one, save for Madame Leota's cart that would be hanging out there with a few uh, things, gizmos and gadgets on that you could purchase. But um, but as we know, most of the attractions do have souvenir shops that you go through when you come out. Um, and if you get, if you can get yourself past the commercialism commercialism of it, and accept that hey, just the way it is, and it's fine. But um, you'll you'll really see that a lot of these shops are really clever, or uh, really beautifully tied in tied in theme wise with the attraction that they're. Um, attached to um whether it be test track or uh pirates of the caribbean it might be the best one and i'll leave that off in case you're coming back to it but um the one that uh i'm gonna land on though is tattooing traders which is um again we've talked about it before for lots of different reasons but for for the star wars fan this of course this is a must visit when you go see star tours and i think probably of all the stores we're going to talk about i would venture to say that this would be the one that would certainly get great consideration if not win the prize for this is an attraction unto itself mm -hmm. like you you people myself included will go to tatooine traders just to go there now forget 
that whole right. ride thing before you have to go through. Like you'll you can go to this store and you can find uh, so many things. Again, the store itself is themed top to bottom to Star Wars. It's like you're you honest to goodness are in Tatooine in a trading shop, you know, uh, buying everything from building your own lightsaber from toys to clothes to these incredible collectible items that are just um, to own some would be amazing. But even just to look at them and to see them is uh, worth the visit in its own, seeing these autographed uh, photos and images and original paintings. I, I still can't, I'll never forget a painting I saw of, uh, it, it was a close-up of R2-D2 and you could see reflected in his eye, Princess Leia looking down as if you were Princess Leia putting the Death Star plans into his little uh, SDI card slot or whatever he's got down on there. But um, I, again, the shop is such a, a wonderful place. Uh, I, I dare say you'd spend easily three, four times as much time in the store than you do on the attraction. And the good thing right now, um, and it's going to get better, is that this is not the only place for Star Wars fans to go for stores shopping and souvenir shopping. Um, over in uh, Hollywood Studios and the launch bay, and I always call that, I want to call it the Galactic Bay for some reason, but in the launch bay, um, they also have a shop at the end of their, uh, what starts out as a sort of a museum-esque tour through uh, hallways of exhibitions with models of, from the films and costumes and, and that sort of thing. Um, but again, it has a store that is uh, filled with unbelievable props, costumes, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, what's neat about it is that it's a totally different take. It still feels like you're in Star Wars, but in a different way. Like in Tatooine Traders, you're, you're rebel scum on Tatooine, you know, fighting your way through the desert and stuff. Here, you're yeah, this might as well be the uh, gift shop on the Death Star because it's all <laughs> very polished and sleek and, and black and everything else. But um, uh, here you'll find, I think at Tatooine Traders, you'll find more, uh, you'll find collectible things, more you know, clothing and toys and stuff like that. Um, launch bays where you'll find, you know, like full size Darth Vader suits, you know, and, and actual rolling around the floor bb8 and there was one scooting around the floor when i was in there once and um so there's lots of more uh maybe you'd say high-end collectibles in there um that's not to say there aren't any in tattooing traders that aren't quite expensive and collectible but this is uh, kind of a different experience but still very much star wars and then uh with uh even more Star Wars experiences coming. Who knows what else is going to be uh, opening up as far as Star Wars shopping experiences in the new lands at Hollywood Studios and at resorts and, and so on and so forth. But right now you got two, and uh, the two of them are pretty cool. So I agree with you, although I did not have on this on my list. Uh, Tatooine Traver, Traders, really? formerly known as Endor Vendors. Um what I will say about this, Tim, is the reason why I believe it it should be on the list is we joke, you know, people joke sometimes about how attractions, you know, lead you into a gift shop in order to get back out into the park. 
I think of all of those attractions that do that, an argument could be made that it may be done most successfully here. And what I mean by that is the first time, especially you ride star tours and you take off your, you know, your 3d glasses and you're just excited and you're giddy because you've done what we who were early star Wars fans always wanted to do, which was become part of that cinematic experience. That's exactly what that attraction does. Mm. And with the rewritability factor and different characters and different destinations, you come off that attraction and you're like, I, I need something. I need something. I need a lightsaber. I need a blaster. <laughs> I need a shirt. I need a, a, a to make my own droid. I need to do something. I love the interactivity in terms of creating your own droid, creating your own lightsaber. My son has like three or four <laughs> create your own lightsabers. I'm like, look, just wield one and go with it. But it's the way that attraction makes you feel. More so, it's the way that shop makes you feel. And I think it's done very, very well. So uh, while it wasn't on my list, I absolutely agree with be it being it. on the list of top 10 shopping experiences. What, what color are your son's lightsabers? I must know. I, it's like a rainbow in there. He's got every, although hmm. his, his favorite color was always yellow. And he used to be so frustrated that it wasn't a yellow lightsaber. I'm well, like, listen, man. You know. <laughs> so he's got, you know, double sided green guy. Yeah, listen, he's got his um he's got a few and now he's gone up he's moved up to the force effects lightsaber. So he's Oh um, dear. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um <laughs> so for me, you know, when I approached this topic, I approached it from a, a few different v- viewpoints in terms of theming, the experience, in terms of merchandise, in terms of unique items that you can find there. And one of my favorite places, as especially now as a local in Walt Disney World, and where I spend most of my time, comparatively speaking, between Disney Springs and the four parks, I will tell you I probably spend more time in Disney Springs. I could probably narrow that down the funnel a little further. Most of it's in the boathouse, but I digress. <coughs> yeah. However, um, I, I think that Disney Springs <clears throat> is just replete with wonderful shopping experiences. And maybe one of these days I'll, I'll talk more about Disney Springs as a whole because I think there are experiences there and shops there specifically for out-of-town tourists who um, come there not just looking for Disney merchandise, but especially for international tourists. Disney did something very, very smart when they transitioned from Pleasure Island and downtown Disney to Disney Springs, much like they did with the creation of Pleasure Island itself years ago to keep guests from going to downtown Orlando to Church Street Station the change in not just the story and the philosophy and the design and the architecture of Disney Springs, but the shops that now populate it keeps many of those visitors, domestic and international, from now getting in an Uber, in a bus, in a rental car, and going to the Mall of Millennia. There are a ton of high-end and, and, and middle-tier shops that are very, very popular that I, as a local you know, I'm not going to go into the diamond store anytime soon. However, I see guests coming out with bags. But for me, and especially as a local, you would think that I'm going to go over to World of Disney because it's the biggest shop. It's recently gone and well, it's actually currently going through a renovation. 
which I particularly love. I think it's clean, it's uncluttered, it's simple, it's bright, it's modern yet warm, and I can't wait to see it finished in fall of 2018. But for me, one of the places that I love personally browsing through and, and other friends who are local and, and and what I see end up happening is the locals go in, they find something, they post it on social and the out-of-town visitors are either like, OMG, please go get that for me or I need to go there when I come back is the Marketplace Co-op. And if you haven't been there, it's comprised of like six different, almost like little shops, little boutiques, which to a certain degree um, almost feel like it's a it's a small, it's a little location where Disney can almost play test certain items. So the different locations are Cherry Tree Lane, which is monstrously popular, especially with the ladies. They have a lot of, you know, look, Dapper Day has sort of become a thing. This idea of retro Disney fashion is is very, very popular. Guests used to have to create their own. Now Cherry Tree Lane has a lot of these dresses that not only do they look like they're from the 50s and 60s, but they are so well-themed to films and attractions. I was just just there two days ago buying a gift for somebody. There's an orange bird dress, a Mary Poppins dress, a haunted <laughs> mansion dress, like the little, uh, you know, the stretching portrait of the I woman as the it. umbrella. I what I love about this, so smart from a marketing perspective, by the way, is yeah. they not only make dresses for adults, but they make little ones for your little princess as well. So, mom or two sisters can dress alike there's ones from up there's matching accessories and handbags and necklaces and bracelets and everything it was almost a very very expensive trip for me but um <laughs> it, it it's there it definitely speaks to um a, a demographic that loves that and one that's being introduced to that so dtech is the on-demand place to get uh, personalized iPhone, Android, iPad covers and accessories. Um, 28 and Main has men's clothing. And there's a lot of very cool vintage looking stuff as well as um, attraction specific T-shirts or film specific T-shirts. There was a, I, I almost bought it just because there was like a King Louis something or other shirt. And there's ones from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Like I dig that a lot. The Disney centerpiece has home accessories and furnishings and um, uh, kitchen items. That store is almost like three or four little mini stores in and of itself. And again, this is all open. There's these are not these are in under a central roof. But here, I was just there the other day. They had a whole section of haunted mansion themed merchandise. Again, in a, in a small section, almost to sort of test it to see what the guest response was. Judging by how empty the shelves were, the guest response was phenomenally monumental. But they also had uh, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. They had Jungle Cruise stuff, a ton of Orange Bird stuff. So it very much speaks to not just the attraction fan, but the um, the the Walt Disney World history fan as well. The Disney travel accessory gear, Disney Tag, has, again, that sort of 
50s and 60s retro modern gear with um, lots of different Disney luggage and passport wallets and organizers and what more. And then there's the Wonderground Gallery, which is like the one out in downtown Disney and Disneyland, where there are a lot of artists have their own unique take and spin on films, attractions, and characters. Um, I think you would, if you've never been there, Tim, I think as an artist, um, I could see you and your daughter very much digging the kind of stuff that is in Wonderground. But the reason why I love Marketplace Co-op, the reason why I went into so much detail is because when I was thinking of unique merchandise you can find in and outside the parks, Marketplace Co-op far and away is at the very, uh, very high on that list. And as a place, it's like going to Marshall's. Like you have to keep on going back because you never know what's going to be there when you get there. Marshall's. <laughs> Good pull there, Marshall's. I like TJ Maxx, whatever. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's cool. I, I actually haven't been there yet. I've done a lot of exploring in Disney Springs yet because the only time I've been there, I got a cupcake and then got kicked out. But that's a whole other story. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to talk about your, that off there. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, I, I was going to say something. Oh, I, I, I'm getting, though, uh, it said meat of the month, though. I'm uh, matching costumes. I'm down if you're down. I'm down, down. I, I wanna, I'll be the lady holding the pink parasol. <laughs> Which they have. They, they've got I the dresses. They've got a Mary Poppins dress, and you can get the accoutrement of the parasol as well. Accoutrement? Look at you. Throwing science, throwing dictionaries around. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, we talked about art quite a bit, or I've talked about art quite a bit. And um, th- so that's that's where I'm going to go with my next journey. Um, I, the, when I would look for souvenirs at Disney in years past i was always more fascinated and drawn towards the artistic souvenirs that you could get whether they be paintings or books or sculptures or animation cells or what have you and a lot of this is going to be nostalgic and retrospective because some of these aren't sadly around anymore but um or or relocated and in certain ways um but one of the shops i remember well was uh in the in uh, the magic kingdom in the in the in town square um that was what was it called i had it written down i have a sign of it the art gallery i think it was called um but it was over um as you went into the magic kingdom if my memory serves correctly it was over off to the uh left side mm-hmm. and uh had a beautiful sign which i took pictures of and and was a large shop and you you go in and you could find all sorts of uh collectible memorabilia um with with lots of artistic items like lots of original paintings or prints um as i said sculptures things like that these have cell Uh, these have cells in there too cells the animation cells and so forth um now, since in the Magic Kingdom, and you might have to help me with this because my strategy in walking down Main Street is just to enter the confectionery and not stop until I hit Tomorrowland. <laughs> so I'm not actually sure what stores I'm going through. But um, I know about halfway there is a, uh, a store that, that does uh, have these items in it, the paintings and the, and the sculptures and the light boxes, which we've mm-hmm. waxed eloquently about lately. 
Um, and I spend a lot of time in there just seeing what's new. I always run over to check out the books and see what new books have come out. Uh, see if there's any I don't have. Uh, take a look through the prints. Look through all the sculptures and <laughs> dream of what it would be like to lay out the entirety of Main Street in my living room with all, every one of these single buildings, which we talked about before. And I know you said some people have done. Um, but uh, I, in Epcot, they do have an Art of Disney store near uh, Spaceship Earth, uh, which is still there. It's just it's fun to go through uh, for the same reasons and look for uh, same sort of memorabilia. Um, one of the great stores I missed, I'm certain, is gone. I, I honestly, I haven't been to the studios in quite a long time because they're tearing it up, and I'm scared of dirt. So, um, but with the uh, closing of the magic of Disney Animation, the the uh, animation gallery that was there was always one of my favorite uh, art shops as far as disney disney art goes because they had so much stuff um there like you take this uh art of disney store in epcot and you could i don't know double or triple it quadruple it even and that's that that would be the animation gallery store at disney studios which um i'm guessing is not there anymore because of everything else closing but um there you could truly find anything and you talk about animation cells you could find all kinds of cells drawings um, every once in a while a disney artist would be there on site actually drawing things and signing them for you and uh and that that would that's a souvenir that you would never forget um and um so there's all these different kinds of stores that um some are still with us a lot of them have closed but um i, I always found oh, love going into these stores continue to love going into these stores because again they connect me with disney uh the history of disney and the importance of and meaning of what everything around us stands for, where it came from and how it all started and uh, kind of putting a big bow on the whole Disney experience. Like that there's, which we've talked about a lot, that this isn't just a collection of attractions and restaurants and, and whatnot. There's a history to all of this. And, and these kind of stores are what brought it all together. You could see how, um, uh, the origination of lots of ideas going all the way back through the earliest days of animation through the cells and drawings and whatnot. And, um, uh, all the way up to, uh, retro collectible items from, uh, things, things gone by from the magic kingdom. Um, orange bird, God bless him was all over the place. He's back now and I love him, but, um, but you could find the references to older attractions and uh, things like that. So, um, so any of these stores I really, really loved. And uh, just as a as a addendum, um, this isn't in Disney, but I will say I wrote a column this many, many years ago. But in New York, the Disney store used to be. This is one of the things I lament very much. But um, they they used to have a big, huge Disney store on Fifth Avenue. And if you'd go in, it was multiple three or four floors, I think, or maybe five. Even. Um, and the first few floors had you know, plush and clothing and merchandise and whatnot. But if you got up to that top floor, that there was a treasure trove of collectible 
items. Um, much of the stuff that I was talking about that you'd find here um, in terms of original paintings and cells and sculptures and whatnot and so forth. Um, that store closed a few years ago and it's now relocated Times Square, but more has more of a, a Disney Channel vibe to it, which is cool if you're a Disney Channel kind of kid, but I'm, I'm looking for the nostalgic old old time you know paintings and books and drawings and stuff like that and not so much there anymore and actually in the few disney stores remaining in the malls too they're not they used to have that kind of stuff but not so much anymore but um but being able to go to magic kingdom into the admittedly smaller store but still there store and get to see some stuff as well as to go over to epcot um still hanging on to those two and um, hopefully they'll bring some more of that um kind of shopping experience back and uh, me not going to Disney Springs as much as you, there very well me may be uh, such a store there that you could tell me about sometime or maybe even take me to as we stroll on our post boathouse walk in the pale moonlight as a cold breeze walks. It's going to be more of a waddle. If anything, waddle, it'll be right. more of a waddle. It'll be a an maybe before. But I, I'm still laughing about you talking yeah. about Disney stores in the mall. Two things that are not. I know. <laughs> there, well, there is, there's one in the mall near me. Still, it's hanging on. But I, I don't know why. Yeah, they're few be, and far between. But they, but you know, they have really changed. It is all toys and uh, you know seven-year-old girl dresses and that's it you know so well but but they're hanging on why because it's exactly what we're talking about tim people want to be connected to the experience they want to go sometimes yeah. not because they want to get something they just want to have that that fix that disney fix and just, and going into a disney store was and for some people still is the closest way they can they can touch and and feel like they're in the parks without actually getting to go down well, I will say it still it still does that for me. Actually, if I go in, even to this day, even though the store's changed, but um, it it has the same feel that it always had. Um, meaning, uh, like like the one in New York was very. How do I say? I, wanna, I don't want to say old fashioned, but more nostalgic and more sure. like Main Streetish, if you will. Um, whereas, uh, like the one in Times Square, like I said, is very. Disney Channel and that kind of thing. But the one out near me still is at least still hanging on to the kind of the Main Street feel. There's figurines all over the place. Um, you know, Mickey and Donald up in the ceiling, like moving and, and things like that. So I do get that if I'm wandering through, um, not that I'm going to really buy anything in there necessarily, but just walking into it uh, in a way, I, I got whisked down to Florida for the briefest of moments. And yeah, the, whatever music's playing from whatever film they're showing, it does does put you back in that spirit for at least a little bit of time. So I'll give them that much. Just don't close it. Hang on. This is the one near me that's hanging on. That was the open. kiss of death, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go and it'll be a glow-in-the-dark miniature golf course or something <laughs> next time. So remember earlier I said about me being the whole seepy, I'm combining two words, sappy and weepy, nostalgic, it's 100% true. And this next yeah. one is absolutely based on a sense of nostalgia. While yes, it is the largest shopping area in the Magic Kingdom, the Emporium for me 
is on my list because of nostalgia, because of history, because of story, because of the architecture. It's, it's a landmark to me of Main Street USA. It's part of what I think about when I close my eyes. And if you say Walt Disney World, I love the history and the story behind it in terms of how it was founded in 1863 by Osh Popham from Summer Magic. And earlier on, years ago, um, the story of this man and his family that ran the shop downstairs and lived upstairs. And as this town grew, the shop grew and expanded down Main Street was very much more um, uh, pre- prevalent inside the store in terms of the storytelling and photos. That's gone away a little bit. But I love how as the the layout and the store changed and expanded, the expansion that was happening in 2001 was connected to a story about what was happening in 1901, which coincidentally is the year Walt Disney was born. Even like the the construction side. So there used to be uh, Center Street was there. So there's an East and West Center Street. Um, at one point on the opposite side, you used to be able to buy flowers and things like that. But when they closed Center Street to connect the original Emporium with the shops on the opposite side of the street, they put a sign up. You know, it, it was a it was a bigger, it was a... Uh, like a a new story, a new shop for a new century. And obviously that century was both 1901, according to story and the real 2001. Like I sort of loved that meaning. And if you now go into the shop, um, you'll see, I I love the, the beautiful, there's a huge mural in the back of the store, which talks about, you know, shopping in the grand style for personal luxuries and finest fashions. Take a second Walk into that Center Street entrance. Look up at the, the the opulent and spectacular light fixtures and some of the Victorian era fashions that are on the mannequins and up on the walls. I, I and this is not meant to sound like a plug, although I guess it really is. In the audio tour, I sort of go into how each of these different sections chronicle the growth of the shop and the family and Main Street USA, but it's here in terms of the way the shop is laid out that I think it's it's most obvious. And if you look at everything from the floors to the walls to the light fixtures to the wallpaper, it really helps to connect that story. Um, And even the little vignettes outside and how the window sills are low So because Walt wanted kids to be able to walk up to the windows as well. The vignettes that they have, of which are seasonal, so the ones you'll see in there, during Halloween are different than the rest of the year and certainly different at Christmas time. I love, love, love the Emporium. Uh, yes, it's about the merchandise um, from, a, from a, 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 a sales and marketing perspective, just to sort of the, put the, the business hat on for a second. Years ago, after they connected these shops, and I will wax poetic about this at the very end, but House of Magic, Oh, How I Miss You So!, Tobacconist, not so much. Other than, uh, of course I had to. But had to. Disney did something that was simple and brilliant, which, again, these were individual shops that had, you know, uh, entrances that stepped out onto Main Street USA and the sidewalk. When Disney broke down the walls and connected the entrance to the Emporium from Town Square all the way through Casey's Corner 
and they changed where and how and why they placed certain items at certain locations near the entrances, sales and profits increased exponentially. So much so that places like Nordstrom's and Macy's were coming to Disney to find out what they had done to make the shopping experience so much better. And it's very simple when you think about it because at the end of the day, for example, when you know, you're tired and you just want to go home and maybe mom or dad wants to go in and get something. What was happening is they would walk into one store, they would come out and be like, come on, let's just go. You're not going to walk into every single store. Well, now mom or dad walks into one store and they're in, man, because those visual weenies that lure, that that, that sort of bring you from one section to the next to the next are, are very, very deliberate. And there is a psychology to how the store is laid out and where things are, are placed and it works. You're not you're not checking out five different times from five different stores. You're going in one store, being able to find everything you want. So from a, a business perspective, it's it was a simple but brilliant move in terms of connecting all of those locations to make it one large emporium, but it also makes for a better shopping experience for us as well. Ash Popham, I love you. <laughs> Very good. I, I was thinking about Emporium and how of course it has to be there, but Burl Ives. Frosty the Snowman. Sorry. I love Burl Ives. I love, all right. No, I'm all Chris. <laughs> no, I will say I will add that the of uh, the, the main street shops, aside from the, the art uh, the art shop, whatever that is that I mentioned earlier, but I do love uptown jewelers. I don't know why. I just love looking at all the girly stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I do love the watches. Uh, I used to be a big watch guy, so I used to love the, the watches there. Dooney, the Dooney and Burks, if I'm saying that right, bags that come out every year. Um, and then that middle room you mentioned on the the one on the Emporium side with the um, with the chandelier. I, I always, uh, if I'm with people, uh, stop them in that room and do say, look around here instead of, you know, most people are going from this to the next and next and next and next. And this room in particular, like, take a moment and look up. There is so much yeah. to see up above you that most people probably don't even notice as they're walking through. Um, uh, it's just another example, yet another example of just this incredible amount of detail in the place you least likely expect it. So if I'm ever in that area with Pete, with uh, friends of mine or family, I, Look! Look up there! Whoa! Let's go! Whoa! And they start looking around, and they see everything, and it's pretty cool. So, um, that's what I like. Now, another store that's we talked about uh, most attractions having a gift shop connected to the exit of the ride, and another commonplace shop in Disney is your sundries shop. In case you forgot your toothpaste or like me, in case I forgot my little Nemo swimmies for the pool, I could always run down and get some. So um, those are pretty much a prerequisite in every one of the resorts. But in true Disney fashion, they're usually themed to the resort. Consequently, that means there are some that are actually very fun and interesting to wander around in and they're all right, even though, um, you know, 
one of the corners is going to have, you know, the toothpaste, the clippers, the moleskin, which we always get, um, uh, you know, the suntan lotion, all that kind of stuff. But you'll also find lots and lots and lots of resort themed merchandise, mostly clothing and that sort of thing. But um, just lots of things to look at. The decor of these stores is typically done in the same fashion as the resort. I'm thinking of like the beach club shop. Um and that sort of thing. Uh, but having to pick a favorite one, and this isn't even close. My favorite resort shop is the Wilderness Lodge Mercantile. Mm, interesting. And we, that's almost a must-visit shop when we go to Disney, um, whether we're staying at the lodge or not. Well, somehow we'll find our way over there, even if we're not staying there, just to sit in the lobby have some lunch in, in the Whispering Canyon, ask for some ketchup and let the hilarity begin. Um, but we'll always go and visit the shop. Um, aside from the regular assortment of you know food items and personal items and that sort of thing, there is so much Wilderness Lodge themed merchandise in there that is so unique and so cool if you like the Wilderness Lodge, which we do. Um, you can find you know, your typical sweatshirts and clothing items and hats and things like that, but but also some pretty unique things. One of which, sitting in my middle room next to the TV, is my miniature replica of the Wilderness Lodge Mercantile totem pole with Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and that goofy-looking bear that's sitting at the bottom. Lou, be who nice. is that bear? Be nice to Humphrey the bear. Humphrey the bear sitting at the bottom with the totem pole in my living room, thanks to the totem pole I got at the Wilderness Lodge Mercantile. But um, again, I think out of all the, the sundry shops, if you want to call them that, that's that's probably my favorite themed one. And also, I feel like it has the most uh, uh, resort themed merchandise of all of them that's probably not true maybe i just notice it more because i think it's pretty cool but um but that's uh by far a favorite one but like i said other ones we like the the yacht and beach club um shops particularly when the nautical flags actually spell out um is it fit fittings and fairings is that the name of the shop correct me mm -hmm. please correct yeah so sure. you know they actually spell out words they're not just random flags um and uh one other one, which I'm going to hold on to later for my list, because it's even I, – I, I lied. Uh, the, the Wilderness Lodge Mercantile is probably my second favorite resort shop, which is first. We'll get to it momentarily. Can I, can I potentially uh, – wait, two questions. First, yes. you get this right. Without Googling, I'll buy you Boathouse. you got five seconds. Oh, where, no. Where did you – where was Humphrey the Bear – and I'll even give you a hint. It was a goofy short. What goofy short was Humphrey the Bear first seen in? Five – Four, um, three, how to play two. football. Close. Hold that crazy play. Hold that. Make my fun, fancy, free music. Goofy was, Goofy was trying to take his picture. Now, in terms of resort themed shops, I yeah. agree with you. This could almost be a separate category. I will see your Wilderness Lodge, which I love. Oh. And although it's oh. so far away, Zawadi Marketplace at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Ah, yes, yes. Has yes. really nice stuff because you'll find a lot of um, merchandise, again, unique, and things that were um, 
you know, handcrafted and carved like in Africa. Like so, you know, there's beautiful African artwork and carved animals and like little wooden animals you can take home. Um, uh, little, you know, plants and stuff like that too. So I'll put Zawadi up there um, as well. And it's so close to Sanaa, which is even nicer. <laughs> no, actually, I went, that was almost on my list too as a uh, runner-up. Um, love that shop too. Well, I'll throw it out there. I won't say, but the other one I have in mind was Bayview Gifts in a Contemporary, mm-hmm. which, um, again, for, for me, th- this is on the list because more for nostalgia than anything else. As far as a store... As far as the decor, the theming, and everything about it, it's um, nice, but um, certainly wouldn't rank it up there in the uh, upper echelon of best-themed gift shops in Walt Disney World, necessarily. But to me, it, it does speak so much of the contemporary and the feel of the contemporary and the mindset behind a contemporary um for some reason i don't know why i think i think a lot of it has to do with its location it being on the grand concourse it's just such and we having been visiting it for years and years and years and years it's just such a part of it um i know when they they moved the fantasia gift shop um years ago and then built the new fantasia gift shop in the middle of the floor uh that was a a jolting change i kind of liked it when it was open and immense and there was really Mm -hmm. nothing in there um okay with that but if if they were to close up bbg and move it or do something different to it i i know i would shed many a tear over it but um it, it gets that stamp of nostalgic charm approval from me um just because it's one of the first stores we visited when we were at disney we again go there every time as we make our magic kingdom resort loop run like we always pop in there i'll get some fudge i admit it it's good stuff but um uh again it's just so it's just i can't it's contemporary that's the only way i can describe it but it's it's definitely it's always one of those few stores that's on our we must visit this store on our trip so let me ask you this. <clears throat> Do you have any others on your list? Of any any? Any any I have I have one. I'm gonna let you, I, I'm gonna two. let you go with your last one because the You got a bunch. No, no, because the one that I want to finish with is probably gonna be a little bit of a it might be a little surprising uh, in terms of why it's on my list, but it does I, I do wanna connect it to something else um, as we finish. All right. Well, I, I had three, and these were these were small. I was kind of holding them off. These these aren't really going to take too long. And I only have one on here because I just want to see if I can pronounce it right. <laughs> you go to the Germany Pavilion. Um, die Weinick. <laughs> Don't ask me, man. You're on your own for this one. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas Corner and the Caramel Couche. I don't know how you pronounce it. The Angry Letters, <laughs> T. Foster at Celebration. <laughs> right. um, now, they're beautiful stores, the Christmas store especially. Um, I know we have the old Christmas shop in Magic Kingdom. I'm not sure if 
that's anything you're leading to or not. Um, but I also know we've talked about that many, many, many times before. Um, the Christmas shop in Germany we've talked about too, but it, but it is very beautiful. Um, a lot of people might not realize it's back there, uh, especially if you're whipping around World Showcase getting to uh, attractions and films and what, and the fact that Germany doesn't have one might make you look eh, and then move on to the next one. So if, if you don't, you've never noticed, um, there are some neat shops in there. That's not the only one. There are a bunch of other really cool shops in there. Um, that's my favorite one because I love Christmas. And you'll see the story of the legendary pickle. Is it real legend? Is it a fake legend? Is it busted? Which we talked about before, but you can decide for yourself. But if nothing else, you could see the pickle and then and then uh, at least get one for your tree and, and do what you like with it. But the one I'm going to end with, this is kind of silly. <laughs> this is just the silly one for me. Um, this is in the Grand Floridian. And this squarely falls under the category of guilty pleasures. Um, much like you and Justin Bieber, you know, guilty pleasure. You don't want to tell anybody out. Um, at the Grand Floridian, they, on the second floor of the uh, lobby – there's many, many wonderful, wonderful shops. Um, but one of the shops I really like is, is I hope I'm saying it right, Basin White, unless it's Boston White and I'm saying it wrong. Um, but uh, it's an independent store. Um, I found out because they wouldn't let me take pictures in there. But um, uh, it's, it sells uh, bath items and stuff like that. But one of the guilty pleasures that I have going in there, there is a sink with white fluffy washcloths in there and you can take any flavor sugar scrub you like and get in there and get your hands all nice and clean and exfoliated and and they they're you Don't rinse them and they're and they're, they're buttery smell like pink shea or jasmine or vanilla bean or whatever and it's like if you don't have the time the wherewithal or the funds to go get that full massage at the grand floridian spa or over at the swan and dolphin give yourself a little treat at basin white it's free they don't charge you to just put your washcloth in the little hamper where it's supposed to go and you'll you'll it's like a little two second slice of sugar scrub heaven on this week's ABC After School School Special, on this week's ABC After School Special, the softer, sensitive side of little <laughs> Timmy Foster. I'm going to have a bath tonight and use my lavender scented bath. And my there's an image I can't get out of my head anytime soon. You will never. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And for the note, benefit, Luke, take us home with something that's wow. more. How do I? How do I follow that up? Um. <laughs> So I um this this may be a bit of an honorable mention because I, I am going to mention it. Um, oh. I, I really wanted to make sure that ye old Christmas shop got yeah. thrown in there. Again, it, it touches on the nostalgia, the sentimentality, the the storytelling. How even though it's two hundred and thirty eight degrees right now in August in Florida, <laughs> it always feels like Christmas in there. You can get something that is unique and personalized and beautiful. Again, you want something to take away for your family or to give to other members of your family. The, the, the folks, the cast members that work in there are, are they're, they're artists in terms of how beautifully they can put your name, baby's first Christmas, your graduation day. I mean, I sort of, and I, and I love 
the details and story in there again just check out the audio tour to find out um during christmas time they choose a family to decorate the the magical moment christmas tree so uh, even if you don't celebrate christmas if you go in august whatever it is i think it's a shop you need to go and visit the last one on my list tim i is very very subjective and there there's a reason why and i'll sort of I'm going to sort of bring this around full circle. Dare I say, maybe it's a Tim Foster go with me here because it is not necessarily a Disney owned shop. I I spoke earlier about how Disney Springs is where I go to wander, to browse, to graze, to eat, to snack and snack once again. But one of the, the, the shops in there that I actually do go to and I think is meant for not just you know, tourists and guests, but locals as as well, is Uniqlo, and it may it's definitely not a coincidence that because it is a, a Japanese owned company that I love it. And this is um, one of their flagship stores. They they have others throughout um, the country, but it's twenty it's like twenty five twenty seven thousand or so square feet. And the clothes in there are wonderful. It's high quality clothing. It's very simple. It's super comfortable. Um, it's nothing super fancy or dressy. They've got uh, two floors to it. It's it's very much a, a concept store for them. So they bring in not just some of that Japanese heritage in there, but they also have unique Disney and Marvel stuff in there too and Star Wars clothes and I think that is part of the reason why I wanted to put it on the list for the everyday visitors like we don't need to go there when we go home we'll get it at Target we'll get it you know at our local TJ Maxx the clothes in there are wonderful they're very well priced but I love going in and it is like Marshall's because you don't know especially if you're looking for some of those Disney themed or Marvel themed or even Japanese inspired clothes what might be there. So if you're looking for casual clothes, dressy clothes, athletic clothes, they have it. But the thing for me that made me put this on my list, and maybe I could have even tied this into Mitsukoshi and this idea of the the Japanese culture is um, when you visit Japan, and again, we're going next year on an Adventures by Disney in October. It is the trip of a lifetime that I've been waiting for. We have like five spots left, by the way, if anybody's interested. Go to www.radio.com slash Japan82018. Tim, I would love if you came. But um, could you imagine the fun we would have there? Part of the reason why I wanted to put this on the list is not just for the clothes that locals or guests can buy, but it is that this um, attachment to Japanese culture and Japanese heritage. So when you visit Japan, um, there's a concept called omayagi and and souvenir items that are available for purchase. When I went to Japan, uh, I, I saw this and I was introduced to this, and I realized when I went to Uniqlo how they've carried that over there. And omiyagi is a very interesting um, concept in Japanese culture. And it comes from a tradition of when you go away, you are, when we go on vacation, Tim, we want to bring something back for our mom, our friends, our sister, whatever. In Japan, this omiyagi is an idea of, of a tradition of bringing some of 
the wonderful things that you experience when you go away, sometimes not even on a vacation. So I saw it when I was in the airport in Japan. There's tons of shops that have all these little boxes of individually packed sweets and cookies and things like that that are pre-wrapped, little bow on it, like they are um, expected to be bought as gifts because omiyaki sort of dictates that gifts are sometimes expected in some circumstances in the form of these beautifully wrapped boxes of, it could be food, something from where you visited. So in Japan, a lot of times it's food. So for here in Disney, it could be sort of a, a little um, wrapped gift. And you find these at airports and train stations, um, you know, all, everywhere throughout Japan. And even sometimes you don't just bring it back for a friend or as a way to say thank you to somebody or, you know, if, if somebody is watching your cats while you're away, sometimes it's to allow your friends and family to live vicariously through you and get to experience some of the things that you didn't. And I think this, this concept is exactly what we're talking about in terms of this segment. We go into these shops not necessarily to bring ourselves back something that we want to collect, but we often go to the Disney shops. And I know like as as a frequent traveler, I sometimes freak out you know, on my last day. I'm like, I need to bring something back for my family. And I, and I struggle with sometimes what to bring back that has meaning and significance and importance and deliciousness to it for my family <laughs> and friends. But... I, I think this idea of omiyagi, which is is very much a, a, a cultural Japanese thing, is is something that we um, consciously or subconsciously do. And, and I love how I get that sense of that in Uniqlo in terms of some of the items that you can buy. But it really does talk to what we are bringing about here. It's one of the reasons. And look, I could have mentioned every shop and world showcase in terms of unique gifts to bring home, not just for ourselves or for a friend. I mentioned how I missed the magic shop on Main Street USA. You'll always have a special place in my heart. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to very quickly share. Just a couple of tips when you're shopping for merchandise. Because what I see happen quite often, and I've done this as a traveler, especially when traveling overseas, is, you know, we only have a finite amount of space in our luggage and in the overhead compartment. Um, don't forget that if you are just visiting the parks, you can take advantage of package pickup. So if you are shopping, want to buy a few things, you don't want to lug your bag around all day, your merchandise can be sent to a location in the front of the park that you can pick up anytime before the park closes. If you're staying at the resort, they can have your uh, packages sent to the gift shop at your resort. Both of those services are free. They'll also ship it home for you via FedEx or UPS. And I think, I, I still think it's the pricing is dictated not on necessarily weight, but on zip code. I'm not 100% sure. Um, don't forget, too, that if you do forget something, a lot of things you can find. The Disney Store website has expanded exponentially over the last few years. And the new Shop Disney Parks app is awesome. It's for both platforms, Android and iPhone. Um, you'll find a lot of the items sold throughout the resorts, like not just magnets and keychains, but, you know, sweatshirts and collectibles and things like that. Um, 
not everything that's in the parks is on the app. So don't say, oh, I'll just get this when I get home, especially for um, specialty shops and themed places like Memento Mori. Um, so remember, don't say, oh, we'll just go back to World of Disney and get that later. Sometimes strike while, you know, seize the Carpe Diem, seize the day, seize the merch while you're there. Um, and let's see. Oh, last tip. If you are staying on property or if you're local and maybe you want to get a little adventurous, um, don't forget that sometimes after uh, limited run merchandise or event specific merchandise, whether it's Halloween party, Christmas party, a run Disney event or just seasonal merchandise, when it's removed from the parks, it's got to go somewhere. I have three words for you, Timmy Foster. Disney's character warehouse so there yeah. are two close by there's one on there's the vineland premium outlets which is about a 10 minute drive from disney springs and the international premium outlets are about 25 minutes or so away again to use the tj max marshall's thing it's totally hit or miss like you could go in there one day and find a ton of stuff and you'll go in there next week and it's not there but sometimes you can get some um, really neat stuff. Some of the, you know, like you go in January, you'll find a whole bunch of last year's merchandise dated in there, but um, they have Aulani stuff, uh, cruise line stuff. Sometimes I've seen stuff from some of the overseas parks and it's it's treasure hunting, but sometimes can be a lot of fun. I'm there. I think so. somebody did their whole house in like uh, Grand Floridian furniture. Well, they used to have, and, and it used to be, well, I still think... Um, or like each room in a different. Yeah, that's I something different. But great. yeah, so they do when they um, cycle out furniture and update resorts and things like that. There is a a place uh, on property where cast members and their guests have access to purchasing furniture, artwork, slightly damaged merchandise, some surplus merchandise that maybe doesn't go to. Um, the outlet stores, but you do need to be a cast member or or have a, a friend or family member who's a cast member to go. I've been before; it's amazing. Um, but again, it's also it it's hit or miss too. So, like Marshalls, like Marshalls. <laughs> so, um, so Timmy Foster, you go to Walt Disney World. You can only go to one store and take uh, oh. one thing home with you. Where do you go? If I if I take yes. you to the boathouse and we have a lovely meal together and say Timmy, you can bring yeah. one thing home from and yeah. boat boathouse has a, a beautiful gift store by the way. Uh, the boathouse. The boathouse has. I have, don't know. Uh, what would you like to? What, where would you like me to take you? And what would you like to bring home? Take me to the Mitsukushi department store so I can get a Legend of Zelda T-shirt and rock out with my friends. There you go. There you go. So I, of course, get my, get my Hyrule Compendium book so I can <laughs> learn all about the bad guys. And, you know, you know what I want? I want one of those clocks in the Mitsukushi department store because I always go there and I'm looking. I'm fascinated with by the it. cat's eyes that goes back and forth like from the 50s. No, not that. I have that one. That's over in the wall. No, the ones that open up and move around and play all these songs. I think they're so There's amazing. awesome stuff there, man. One one's so bad. I think it would also drive me crazy inside of three hours, but I would swallow. So. Well, I, of course, I want to hear. What would you want? What would you want, Lou? You don't get off this easy. You got it say too. So, you know, 
I, I, yeah, from, we can't go to Japan either. So, so let's go to the Arebus Brothers shop on Main Street, and you can oh, get me that $37,500. Wait, <laughs> hold on. You said anything. You get. The, I'm sure you get an annual pass holder discount. So, oh, yeah, don't well, forget, I, by the way, to use your AP discount. I've got three. One's got a little chip off. You can have that one. No. Oh, the other thing, too, is don't forget, in terms of tips, oftentimes if you eat at a, even sometimes even counter service restaurants in the park, check your receipt. Because they'll have a coupon for 10, 15, sometimes 20% off in some of the merchandise locations as well. Really? Yep. See, now I didn't know that. There you go. That's why you, that's why they told me to listen to you. (laughs) Whoever they was, was right. But I want to hear from you, the listener. I want to know what is your favorite shopping experience or destination or wish list item in Walt Disney World? Go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, leave a comment there. Better yet, go to facebook.com slash www. No, wait, I take that back. Go to I'll make it easier for you. Go to <laughs> www.radio.com slash community. That'll take you to our Box People group. Leave a comment there. Or even better yet, call the voicemail 407-900-9391. Leave a comment. Tell me where it is. Tell me about your experience Tell me that place that you want to go. I want to hear that passion in your voice or that story that you have to tell. And then, of course, go visit one of my favorite shopping locations on the internet. That's celebrationspress.com because that's where little Timmy Foster lives. The internet. I've heard of the internet. All of them. All the internets. (laughs) Hey, Lou, it's our 10th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez Louise. You're so smooth. It's so no, you know so what smooth. though? This is so great. Actually, by the time everyone's hearing this, our, our tenth tenth anniversary issue will be mailed, and the celebration will be over, or maybe it won't be over. Mm-hmm. I tell you what the 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 response and and the love and the comments that we've gotten and the interest has been so great. We might just keep this going for a while. So. So everybody pay attention. This this could be remember the year of a million dreams. I love the year of a million dreams. Wait longer than a year. This might keep <laughs> going on for a lot longer than that. So this has been so much fun. So we might just keep it going. Um, I was in a Starbucks like a cool kid with my shiny new MacBook working on the new edition of Guide to the Magic for Kids, which will be coming out shortly. Stay tuned for that. I was going to do a Christmas in July thing, but it's August now, so eh, so much for that. But um, yeah, so there's all kinds of goodies over there. Like I said, we may we may be doing more special stuff. Keep it going. So awesome! Stay I tuned. love Celebrations Magazine. I of course love Timmy Foster, and I love having you come on to do these. I can't wait to see you and eat with you <clears throat> and share all the Japanese foods with you, I and hopefully. Love- Boathouse with you. I dream of it every night. Me, you, Boathouse, Japan, our friends. It's going to be wonderful. I promise we will make that happen. And I will let you, we will make that a meet of the month. So everybody loves Timmy Foster and uh, shopping shopping at Walt Disney World. And uh, again, if you have a, a favorite shopping experience, share it with us as well. Timmy Foster, I look forward to seeing and taking you for a little uh, treat at Walt Disney World as well. Yahoo! 
time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see or hear in current or former attractions. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So while recording last week's show, I was hungry, which should come as no surprise to you. Hi, I'm Lou. So the question had to be about food, and I asked you where in Walt Disney World you could find the Peekaboo Buffeteria. Thanks to the hundreds of you who got this correct or did some good Googling, and now maybe I have piqued your interest to go to a place that maybe you haven't been to before. When I used to live in New Jersey and would travel to Walt Disney World, one of my favorite places to stay due in large part because of the heavenly beds, due in larger part because of the restaurants, was the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. And one of the reasons why I liked staying there was because I'm a late-night snacker and a late-night eater and a late-night diner. And the Peekaboo Buffeteria in the Walt Disney World Dolphin was one of the places that I liked to go after a day and a night in the parks. And it's open 24 hours a day. It's affordable. It is unique in a sort of buffet cafeteria style setting. It's beautifully designed inside. There's food for kids as well as adults. There's also grab and go items as well. One of these days, maybe I'll have to do a review of Peekaboo late night, even better. Oh, I'll do a late night meet of the month. I'm thinking as I'm doing this. Anyway, back to the trivia. I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you we were playing for all of my digital products, which includes my 102 ways to save money for and at Walt Disney World, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours, the parks. You can get those on Amazon and iTunes and on the WW Radio site. I'm also going to send you a new WW Radio vinyl sticker for your car or your laptop and a pop socket for your phone. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Jennifer Crespo. So, Jennifer, I have your shipping information because you use the online form. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So it's hot in Walt Disney World and the rest of the world too, but it's really hot, like on the sun, hotter than Disney's Animal Kingdom hot. It's incredibly hot. And I find that I and other friends are spending more and more time in the Walt Disney World water parks. And so this week, that's where I'm going to take you because I want you to tell me who is the mascot of Blizzard Beach. You have until Sunday, August 19th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on the podcast link. This week's episode, use the online form there. Again, give me your shipping address because you, once again, are playing for all the products, the, the vinyl sticker, and the pop socket for your phone. And before I wish you good luck and to tell you have fun, as I always like to do, I also want to tell you and remind you to please join us this Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at Facebook.com slash Radio. Every Wednesday, I do a live video broadcasting chat. Sometimes we play games, do 20 questions. I have some prizes. But this week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to win a Pixar Pier and Pixar Fest backpack full of prizes and, even better yet, you don't even need to know any trivia at all. I'll introduce this new contest this week, this Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Turn on notifications on Facebook. Join the community at www.radio.com slash community. So now, good luck and have fun. And stay hungry.
that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Again, I would love to hear from you, have you be part of the conversation and community. So please join our Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. I am at Lou Mangiello there. And if you want to be heard on the air, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 with a question or a comment or email me Lou at www.radio.com if you have a question you want me to answer on the show. Thanks as always to some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Rich O'Kane, Richard L. Watts, Anthony Flacco, Samantha Caravella, Kira Pog, and Heather Schmidt. I appreciate you and all of you who are part of the Nation family who have helped to contribute to and support the show and if you want to find out how you can do the same and get monthly rewards including scavenger hunts we have a private facebook group personalized magic band covers logo gear monthly care packages from walt disney world and live video group calls every month as well as early access to special events and more please visit www.radio.com support and don't forget that a portion of your contributions do go to our dream team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you missed the announcement during our live broadcast on Facebook this past week, I want to let you know about our WW Radio e-ticket event weekend, September 21st through the 23rd. Together, we are going to spend the weekend enjoying the parks, sharing a very special evening at the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. We're going to embark on a Walt Disney World quest for a chance to win a mystery box full of prizes and some surprises eat and walk our way through the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival and we're going to blow out the torch, maybe one last time, with an Illuminations dessert party. Events are going to run from Friday, September 21st through Sunday, September 23rd. I want to give you a brief overview of what those days and nights are going to look like. Snacks together on Friday, September 21st. That's going to be a day in the Magic Kingdom where we enjoy some of the Magic Kingdom's classic attractions and snacks together before a group dinner at a counter service location in Tomorrowland. Then on Saturday, September 22nd, that'll be our Walt Disney World quest where you follow clues and answer questions and your team of two to four people can sort of make your way through a park as yet to be announced for a chance to win a mystery box full of prizes. Then at 8.30 p.m., we have a very special event limited to just under 40 people, Twilight at the Tower, where after the park closes, we're going to group ride Twilight Zone Tower of Terror together before venturing out for a very special presentation from a very special guest where we learn about the history, the secrets, and the stories behind this iconic attraction. And then we're going to adjourn to the private balcony of the hotel for hors d'oeuvres and snacks and maybe even a few surprises, of course. Sunday, September 23rd is going to be our Epcot day where we have a meet of the month and lunch in Epcot, then a group ride through some classic Epcot attractions before a food and wine walkabout, which really is a salute to all nations, but mostly those that are going to be in World Showcase. And then at 8.30 p.m., we're going to have a private Illuminations dessert party, maybe, dare I say, even saying goodbye to Illuminations. Who knows? So those are going to be the events that are going to make up our e-ticket event weekend. Tickets are now available by going to www.radio.com slash e-ticket 2018. The only events that do require a paid ticket are going to be the Walt Disney World Quest, the Twilight at the Tower event, and the Illuminations Dessert Party. Again, for more information, to get your ticket and secure your spot, visit www.radio.com slash e-ticket 2018. And I hope to see you in September.
Thanks to everyone who came out to our last Meet of the Month and live broadcast and WWE Radio Night at the Movies this past week in Disney Springs. It was great meeting and eating with so many of you at House of Blues, then doing a quick live show and then heading out to go and see Christopher Robin. Our next Meet of the Month, I'm working on the dates and times. It'll most likely be the weekend of September 8th or the 15th. Stay tuned to the events page, the show, and obviously the Facebook group for more information. Also, I'll be speaking at the Indie Disney Meet on Saturday, August 25th in Noblesville, Indiana, and doing an on-the-road meetup in Latrobe, Pennsylvania the following day, Sunday, August 26th. Visit the events page at www.radio.com community to find out more. And if you are looking for a speaker to your business, your event, your conference, or to your school or, or your kid's school, visit lumangelo.com. And if I can somehow help you turn that thing that you love into that thing that you do and turn your passion into your profession, visit lumangelo.com to find out about one-on-one coaching, small group mentoring, and my Momentum Conference this October 6th and 7th in Walt Disney World. We have just a couple of seats left as well as only, I think, one seat left for our Mastermind Day. I'm going to have a full schedule and speaker announcement probably coming in the next week or so. Again, for more information, visit lumangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Mouse Fan Travel, my official recommended travel provider. Whether you're going to any Disney destination, say that three times fast, or any destination on this wonderful planet of ours, they can help you with the best pricing, all available services and options, and they all come at no cost to you. Again, visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you, I mean this sincerely, you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not. And all I ask is that if you like this show, and I really hope that you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or one of your favorite episodes on Facebook or in a Facebook group. And if you can, take just 15 seconds to rate and review the show over in iTunes. I want to thank some recent reviewers like SPK1981, who says, this is my Disney fix. Without this podcast, where would I get my Disney fix? I can't come down as often as I would like, but Lou always makes me feel like I'm there and it fills my Disney void in my life. I love the weekly podcast with food, Disney trivia, food, top 10-ish lists, food reviews, and um, food. You know me so well, SPK. Keep up the good work. And D-R-S-N-K-W White drinks, white wine, something, something white says top 10 reasons to listen to oh WW Radio Podcast. Oh, and he actually gives 10 reasons. 10, it's almost as good as being there. Almost. Nine, nostalgia brings back my childhood memories. Number eight, Lou likes to eat almost as much as I do. Interesting. Challenge accepted. Seven, that wacky family. Those kids don't fall far from the tree. This is awesome. Six, I've never read this before. His Disney experience pluses our Disney experience. It adds a twist or a new view. Five, what Walt totally would have listened. Number four, Lou took his passion for Disney and turned it into his job. It's like the old saying, find what you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. Preach, brother. Number three, it makes you want to be at Disney every single day. Number two, Lou seems like the guy you want to take a vacation with. And number one, LLTF, <laughs> Lou and little Timmy Foster. How appropriate for this episode. The bromance, the Mickey and Donald, the Luke and Han, the Rocket and Groot. And 1B, because there are never just 10 in the Lou Mangiello top 10. Mic drop, exit stage left, kiss goodnight. That is awesome. D-R-S-N-K-W White. I'm going to drop the mic right there and uh, I'll save some of the other reviews for later. Again, thank you to you for taking the time out of your busy day, your busy week 
to listen. And again, for all of you who have rated and reviewed the show, I really, really do appreciate it. It's super, super helpful. And again, if there's ever any way that I can repay the favor and the gift that you give me and help you in any way, please let me know. And whatever journey you're on, whatever thing that is that you're doing or you're striving to do, just remember to stay in your own lane. Don't worry about what other people are doing or how far along in their journey they might be. Like a a horse in a race wears blinders, like for a reason. And it's so that horse can focus on only running their own race. You need to learn to do the same thing because when you stay in your own lane, you don't have to worry about traffic. The only person you need to concentrate on is you. Go run your own race. Have the best week ever. And I hope to see you again next week or on this week's live show. So until then, thanks again. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Marson from Flowertown, PA. I just was listening to your show number 254. That's how far back I am. And I went for a run, listened to 255. And now I'm listening to 254. And it's emails with you and Becky and... Either you knew back in 2011 or you foretold the future because you guys discussed a Tron ride in between Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin and Space Mountain back then in 2011. And what is being built right now as we speak in 2018 in between Space Mountain and Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin? A Tron ride. So, my friend, you foretold the future. It's really, really fun to go back and listen to these old shows and see what your guys' predictions are uh, for things that I already know, you know, we already know have happened. Um, When you talk about uh, Pandora coming out and um, attractions closing and what's coming next and New Fantasyland, and um, it's really, really fun. So I just wanted to remind you that you predicted that Tron ride way back in 2011. So, everybody have a great week. I'll see you all in the box on Wednesday. And I will be in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I think some of my kids are going to come with me. So we're very excited to meet up and and finally get to meet Lou Mangiello and and some of the other WDW box people. So, see you guys in the box on Wednesday. Everybody have a great week and make somebody smile. Bye. Hi, Lou. My name is Brent. Uh, I just listened to your Italy podcast today and yesterday for the first time, uh, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm actually going 60 days from today, so I already got my Fast Passes this morning. And, um, yeah, I've never given any Disney podcast a, a, a shot before, but for some reason I just gave yours. Uh, I'm a Army recruiter, and so I have a lot of driving time in the Northeast. And so uh, when I got out of uh, – my Dan Patrick podcast in the morning, I just gave it a shot and listened to the Italy one. And it was very, uh, very informative and fun to listen to with, uh, with your guests. Um, I look forward to listening in the future and, and catching up on the past ones. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing with this. And, uh, yeah, good luck going forward. Thank you. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Gabby Laxamana from Columbia, Maryland, just calling to wish you a very happy birthday, and I hope you had a magical day today. Um, And just to let you know, I'm counting down in 
exactly two weeks from today, me and Joe and 11, or 10 or 11 of our closest friends will be heading down to Walt Disney World for our bachelor and bachelorette party. So I am already apologizing in advance if we are that rambunctious group around the world in Epcot. So sorry in advance. <laughs> but um, happy birthday. I hope you had a great day, and I hope you have a magical weekend. Bye. Hello, Lou Marcello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in today. I had the most fantastic, magical time at Disney's Aladdin at Shea's Buffalo Performing Arts Center, and I met a fellow family friend of the WDW radio group. Her name is Karen, and she and I just chatted along so beautifully about our friendship with you, and she has yet to meet you in person, but I said, you don't need to meet us in person yet, because once you do, you're going to get a great big hug, just like all of us. You're already part of the family, and she was just thrilled. She said she loves the countdown, so here's the countdown, Karen. We've got 48 days till Maggie's and Sternberg to turn it at Walt Disney World, and Lou has 55 until that momentum weekend, then 427 days until the Japan trip, Disney Adventure. Yay! That's going to be so exciting. And there's the August 25th Indie Disney Meetup. So anybody that's going to be around there, make sure you go and say, Darlene sent you, and say hi. Next step after that is that e-ticket adventure on September 21st. If you're lucky enough to get a ticket, enjoy. Then in October, there is a Disneyland adventure on the 14th. So many things coming up. Have a magical day. See you real soon.